catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Did you know that hump day, a term that has come to mean Wednesday, first appeared in North America in the 1960s? And trust me, it's not what you think hump day means. Well, it was mostly a term introduced in business offices based on the idea that the work week is a mountain that one has to climb. In an effort to liven up the drudgery of the weekly routine, you just have to get through it. And as Wednesday is the middle of the week, it came to be known as the hump, right? Like the middle of the mountain. So, <laughs> okay, so how would puns about Wednesday or funny hump day jokes make the weekday a lot more better? thinking well you can actually share a witty wednesday joke with your friends colleagues or family or at us on social media at africa tech radio on twitter and on facebook and at a tech radio on instagram anywhere you see it at all please just share a funny wednesday joke or a witty wednesday joke you know it kind of like helps us focus on laughter like just a little doses of laughter for the day to take away the dreadful feelings especially when they're related to work or school right sometimes some people feel that it's impossible to laugh at the fact that it's it's wednesday it's like monday in the midweek yeah for a lot of people welcome to tony's tech side i'm here every weekday from 9 a.m west african time till midday we'll learn a tech word we dig deep into the rubbles of history to find precious jewels of knowledge to launch us into the future and then we share the most important and juiciest tech stories impacting africa to keep you informed aside from adding us or sliding into our dms on social media you can share your stories with us share your witty wednesday jokes with us well we're on whatsapp text or send a voice note on 0913558 please add plus two three four if you're texting from outside nigeria so let's get straight into what we'll we'll call the history right let's get into the history let's see what today says uh, some 20 30 50 100 years before starting with the year 1984 3rd of may dell computer corporation on this day was founded by michael dell running the directed order pc company from his dorm room dell incorporation eventually becomes the largest manufacturer of pcs in the world for many years it is currently being surpassed by hp and acer in terms of being the largest manufacturer of pcs in the world and also very important to note on this day starting with 1979 margaret thatcher is elected british prime minister on this day the conservative politician was the first female head of state in europe during her 11-year reign, her sweeping economic reforms polarized the British public and her toughness earning her the nickname the Iron Lady. Well, also down here, because that was a time when a lot of people who were like, you know, in their 70s and 80s, you know, 90s too. This was a year when they were, you know, like youngsters. And if you do anything, they're like, are you Margaret Thatcher? 
yeah, the Iron Lady. Today, that's when she was elected in the year 1979. And just before that, 10 years before that, in 1978, same 3rd of May, the Digital Equipment Corporation would send the first spam email. A representative sent out 600 emails and sold computers for $12 million. Unsolicited bulk emails have since become a scourge of the digital age as spammers attempt to achieve a similar success. That's exactly what it means by a spam um, email. Send a lot of messages to a lot of people and hoping that you can actually, you know, get conversion from you know, doing something like that. And way back in 1913, the first Indian full-length feature movie, Raja Harishchandra, yes, was premiered. You know, and kind of like became like the birth of the Indian film industry, the world's largest in terms of films produced and ticket sales. Now, there are three top industries that have like the wood attached to them, Hollywood, Bollywood and Nollywood. Hollywood is US, United States of America and Bollywood is Indian and Nollywood is Nigerian. These are the biggest industries in terms of films produced, ticket sales and popularity. Mm hmm. And uh, James Brown, 1933, is born. He's an American singer, songwriter, producer, and actor. James Brown, not the Nigerian James Brown. No, the ori- the 1933-born James Brown. He was born on this day in 1933. And also, another female who can kind of like... You, you can also describe her as the Iron Lady, Golda Meir. Israeli educator, politician, and fourth prime minister of Israel. She was born today in 1898. Golda Meir kind of like sat through the four-day or one-week war where Israel kind of like defeated most of then its enemies within the region where they stay in. Yep. So yes, yes, yes. Today in history, 1991, how can I forget the declaration of Windeck? Windeck. Oh, Windeck. Oh, yeah. So... This day was the culmination of a UNESCO seminar held in Windhoek in Namibia here on the continent from 29th of April 1991 to the 3rd of May 1991. And today it is known since that year has been known as the World Press Freedom Day. This Windhoek declaration or declaration of Windhoek is a statement of press freedom principles put together by African newspaper journalists. Note. African newspaper journalists. The context for this declaration was the many dangers and pressures faced by journalists working in Africa and other conflict regions. In addition, it was an acknowledgement of the changing political landscape with the end of the Cold War. Thus, it was an attempt by journalists to enshrine and honor the role of media in society. This in the face of intimidation, assassination, and censorship that even now knows that the roots of society and seeks to dominate and control information. Despite this declaration being adopted by the United Nations generally, globally, the position of the media in many countries on the continent is still quite perilous. And just this week, um, one of the journalists being held in Egypt, right? Yes, yes, if my facts are correct, Egypt, you know, just got released after several months of being held captive. And there are a lot of people like him across, you know, the continent, you know, from east to west to north, you know, central and east Africa. A lot of censorship going on, a lot of intimidation of the press. And this day doesn't just talk about these things alone, but it also talks about the responsibility and integrity of people who practice this particular area of work and people who work in, you know, this space to say, 
you know how is digital technology affecting you know the work we do how is the rise of ai and emerging technologies what does he have to do with ensuring that press freedom is like continues to be enshrined in everything that we do including these technologies you know that we build our tech word for today is spam email spam to be precise not just uh, any kind of spam email spam which you also have heard the words junk email spam mail or simply just spam right it's any unsolicited you did not request for it they just gave it to you it was just sent to you any message at all just sent in bulk via email method to you when you did not request for it that is what an email spam or a spam or a spam mail or junk junk mail if you go to your mail right like if you open up you know wherever you get your mail you see the option of spam or junk or junk email or spam mail or some or spam just spam it's a folder that's where unsolicited messages you know usually get dropped in the name comes from a monty python sketch in which the name of the canned pork product spam is ubiquitous unavoidable and repetitive like it just keeps coming <laughs> you find out that anyone who's like reading you in that folder has like the person does this like once every month or once every three months or something like that and email spam has steadily grown since the early 1990s and by 2014 it was estimated to account for around 90 percent of total email traffic just imagine since the expense of the spam is borne mostly by the recipient it is effectively postage due advertising thus it's an example of a negative you know externality that's like big grammar so the legal definition and status of spam varies from one jurisdiction to another but nowhere have laws and lawsuits been particularly successful in stemming spam most email spam messages are commercial in nature whether commercial or not many are not only annoying as a form of attention theft well, is that what it's called? Attention theft? Yeah. Like, they're, they're stealing your attention. They're trying to. But it's also dangerous because they may contain links that lead to phishing websites or sites that are hosting malware or include malware as file attachment. So, the moment you open it, the moment you click on a link, or the moment you, you know, you know, click on anything, open anything that's attached to that particular spam email your identity might just be stolen or something from you might just be stolen spammers collect email addresses from chat rooms from websites from customer lists news groups and viruses that harvest users address books these collected email addresses are sometimes also sold to other spammers too so when you're thinking how exactly did this person get my email how exactly did i get this email you know where to already think now what exactly is the history at the beginning of the internet the uppernet sending of commercial email was prohibited a certain gary thwerk which i mentioned today sent the first email spam message in 1978 yes to 600 people he was actually reprimanded and told not to do it again and now the ban on spam is enforced by terms of service slash acceptable use policy of internet service providers isps and peer pressure spam is sent by both otherwise repeatable organizations and lesser companies so 
everyone most likely has received a spam message one time or like sometime right and it's usually the cause of something you're like god damn it but there are also sometimes where you find a message in your spam box mailbox or folder and you're like okay i think this actually makes sense and then you like it or you push it and then it comes into your your, your proper mail so that's exactly what our word for today is spam mail spam or spam email the juiciest and the most impacting stories around the continent starting with rwanda the death toll from landslides and floods in rwanda have now risen to more than 100 amid rains i mean heavy rains in the country according to the authorities in rwanda the rwandan public broadcaster the rba reported that 109 have so far died 95 of those in the western province and 14 in the northern province earlier the governor of the country's western province had told the bbc that at least 50 had died after heavy rains pounded the region all night wow in the Lake Kivu province, around that area, many roads in the province, including the new road snaking along Lake Kivu, are not usable because of the landslides. The Rwandan Meteorological Agency has warned of heavy rains throughout this month. I was in Nairobi just last week, and, you know, went through Rwanda, the Kigali airport. It rained when it was, I think, like, yeah, when, when I was, you know, coming and when I was going. Um, on the connecting flights i had and it rained in nairobi too and when i got to lagos yes it was raining too all through we're not exactly sure now you know what the well before we were able to like predict to say oh this month is a month of rain and this month we'll have sunshine and all of that i've got sunshine now you can't exactly do that because predictions are a little bit much more technical they're much more advanced and because of climate change you know a lot of things we used to think are like this have now changed are continually changing we need to be very careful when we're out and that's based on the fact that we wouldn't want to get hurt because of this. So information as much as possible. We need a lot of people, a lot of awareness around what the weather is saying today. You know, the last time when, you know, these agencies, meteorological agencies release information, how many people actually disseminate this information, right? I hope we're not just high on vibes and crews and then when when we actually are down when the chips are down we're now saying oh we did not hear about it a month sometimes at least a month before time they usually you know information saying oh you need to leave this area we need to leave this area and things like that i think we need to put more effort into disseminating this information if you're hearing me just look for the meteorological agency in your country that's like the very that's the easiest way right and if you have people in whatever country whatever county they would say oh you know there's going to be flood in lake kivu there's going to be flood in westland side in lagos in you know but uh, just look for that and share the information now moving to Nigeria, where the Food and Drug Control Agency, NAFDAC, says it's taking swift action to investigate a popular brand of noodles over alleged presence of substance associated with increased risk of cancer. When this broke yesterday or this week, yeah, a couple of persons, you know, messaged and were like, oh, have you heard this? This is happening. And I'm like, oh, so the agency said in a statement that it was conducting random sampling and analysis of the noodles, right? Well, Indomie, that's the that's the name of the brand, including the seasoning for the presence of ethylene oxide. They said it was extending the investigation to other brands of instant noodles in the Nigerian market. So all of them, not just one. 
And they said that this, you know, follows the recall of the special chicken flavor noodle brand last week in Malaysia and Taiwan after the substance was detected in some samples. Yeah, the Indonesian food giant Indofoods, which is the producer of Indomie noodles, has, however, since defended the safety of its products. And the Nigerian agency said that the implicated brand was not registered for sale in Nigeria. That's the chicken flavor, that particular one. And that the ports authorities were not allowed now not to allow its importation. <laughs> well, you can say whatever you want to say, but, you know, at least they have taken action finally. And still in Nigeria, the Nigerian Senate has mandated its Committee on Interior to investigate the delay in the issuance and renewal of international passports by the Nigerian Immigration Service, NIS. The investigation is to be completed and reported in two weeks. And this was a motion sponsored by a senator from the southeastern part of Nigeria, Anambra State, to be precise, who raised concerns about the delays and hardship faced by Nigerians in obtaining passports, including a delay of three to six months for processing and difficulty in booking biometric appointments. Yes, this this is, you know, this is just AIDS. Ordinarily, it's supposed to be a six-week timeline to get your passport right but currently since last year in fact you know new applicants and those who want their passports renewed spend between three to six months processing their international passports at the offices of the nigerian immigration services and nigerian embassies outside the country and this is really crazy because ordinarily you know it's supposed to be like a biometric capturing just book an appointment but then getting that appointment for capture of biometric capturing at the passport offices takes between say eight weeks six weeks and it takes many applicants four months to wait for their passports to be ready for collection after the biometric exercise i have a personal experience so but i'll just let it go at this the international students are also facing it very difficult to renew their passports to enable them to travel back to reunite with their families right it's really really important so i just hope that you know this after this is done it can be sorted out because that's it can just become a lot more easier to get an idea especially when you're a nigerian applying for a nigerian passport come on okay moving on to the universal constructors associated in partnership with institute national politique felix kufred boigny and other stakeholders who announced uh that the Ivorian first nanosatellite program will be placed in orbit in the third quarter of 2024. Yep. So Ivory Coast is getting its first nanosatellite. Exactly. This project, which is expected to be wholly manufactured in Cote d'Ivoire, just like Kenya did theirs too. Yes. With the Taifa One, which we broadcast live here on Africa Tech Radio you know kind of like underlines the growing space ecosystem in the country right when i say space i mean like outer space and the space technologies yeah that ecosystem in the country and on the continent is growing and it will be actualized through a public-private partnership in Ivory Coast to allow the nation to build the necessary infrastructure that is tailor-made to meet the needs of the citizens Ivory Coast or Cote d'Ivoire has a rich agricultural sector. In fact, it's the world's largest producer of cocoa and is among the world's largest producers and exporters of coffee, cocoa, beans, and palm oil. However, despite the significant investment in the sector, agricultural productivity in Cote d'Ivoire remains low compared to other countries in the region, partly due to the prevalence of small-scale subsistence farming and a lack of access to modern inputs and technologies, which reduces productivity. So you should know when you're going to plant, you know, improved seedling, if um, you're going to have issues with the weather or climate or that will affect the 
you know, the plants, you should have an idea of it ahead of time. You know, these things are really important and it helps for planning. And you can now have a 10-year plan, a 12-year plan, you know, to scale the productivity, not just of the plants, but of the things you can use it for, right? And this is just one step in ensuring that also things that have to do with climate that would affect planting, you know, climate that would affect the agricultural space generally is, you know, taken care of. This is one step, as I've said. We still also need to look into what we can use these plants, this major cash crops, cocoa beans, palm oil, and coffee. What tech things can we, you know, get out of this? And can we become major major exporters, not just producers of cocoa as a plant, but what happens to, you? yes, you're producing cocoa, but what happens, you know, to chocolate? You know, how can you be producing cocoa here and then importing chocolate, you know, from Switzerland or somewhere else? It's totally crazy, totally, totally crazy. Now, what will this satellite actually do? The nano satellite has been pushed out by Ivory Coast. It will provide actionable intelligence for Ivorian farmers to enable them to adapt to climate change through smart inputs and precision agriculture. This would include crop mapping to survey the location and extent of different crops, which can help the farmers to make more informed decisions about what to plant and where to plant. Yeah, soil mapping also really, really important. Um, a friend of mine who's you know doing her masters now in europe would you know yes you'd agree to this because it's part of what she's um, studying and also monitoring the health of crops and identifying outbreaks of pests and diseases to enable farmers to take timely action to prevent or control outbreaks which can help to reduce crop losses and improve yields yes i really hope that this satellite will also be able to enhance national security by providing high resolution images high-res images and kind of like help relevant stakeholders, those in military, law enforcement agencies, security personnel, to make informed decisions when it comes to things like maritime, border patrol, illegal mining, surveillance. Uh, you know, I'm a little bit on edge because of that, but it's just actionable information that can be put to use for a lot of things. Yeah, actionable information that can be put to use for a lot of things. And I think it's really really important Mm -hmm. and then wrapping up on the impactful stories this week yes a report published by blockchain venture capital um, company crypto valley vc in association with standard bank uh, is saying that african blockchain startups enjoyed 474 million dollar raise in 2022 from funding this is about 429 percent increase from the previous year which was 90 million dollars this is according to a recent report that just got put out by them the report notes that the 2021 year was a record-breaking year for global venture funding but most of the gains were reversed by slow funding in 2022 however for blockchain 2022 still recording an all-time high funding flow with more deals and funds being closed nigeria south africa and seychelles led the continent with the number of startups funded in terms of the amount of funding raised seychelles south africa liberia kenya nigeria cameroon and ghana topped the list in that order Mm-hmm. And startups in Seychelles raised over $200 million, followed by South Africa, $176 million. Kenya and Nigeria raised $25 million and $15 million, respectively. Cameroon and Ghana closed, you know, the list, you know, with, you know, just about $2 million, respectively. Mm-hmm. And it's good to know that Seychelles is freaking selling deals with 
highest number of races yeah it's really good to know even if this you know kind of like means that it is debt funding but it means there's still a lot of attention going to this particular space and it's really good to know the average funding for each deal sales in nigeria raised about 1.2 million dollars while total funding too just about 3.4 percent of the total venture funding it's really good it's really big and that's how i close at this end on a good end blockchain emerging technologies are they're like the thing right and it's just a matter of time before we actually start dancing koroba real big time because the tech ecosystem in africa is not just in fintech alone but it's extending and it's not just extending to you know like health tech and all of that but it's extending to emerging technologies like blockchain ai and all others i'm here every weekday from 9 a.m west african time you can catch us on social media at a tech radio on instagram and at africa tech radio on twitter and on facebook thank you thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com